Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nicole Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning, this podcast does contain spoilers for the Verse series. Hello everyone and welcome to the best damn camp, a Royal Verse read-along and analysis podcast that sets out to read all the books by Rick Riordan in timeline order. I'm your host Fran and welcome to the show. Before we get started, I just want to let everyone know that I am sorry. (laughs) I made a mistake. So I know last episode for the finale of The Lost Hero, I said that we'd be moving on to the Kane Chronicles. After a discussion with a podcasting friend of mine, Robert, thank you so much, uh, I have come to realise that the timeline that was online is incorrect. What is actually first in our timeline journey before the Kane Chronicles is a bonus story from the Demigod Diaries, entitled Leo Valdez and the Quest for Buford. Now, technically, it's very close because this short story takes place on Christmas Eve and the King Chronicles also takes place on Christmas Eve. The only reason why this one kind of technically comes first is because it all happens in one day, whereas the King Chronicles, the Red Pyramid, uh, happens over a couple of days. So it made more sense for that one to be next and this one first. Um, so that's what we're doing now. We're doing the bonus story from the Demigod Diaries. Again, my bad. Next week is Kane Chronicles The Red Pyramid, so be ready for that. Um, or you can already go, you could go to my Patreon dot, uh, now, patreon.com slash a healthy dose of rent for access to The Red Pyramid first two chapters already because I released it early and I don't want to take it down because I feel bad. So yeah, you can get early access to that now. But anyway, let's get into it. So (laughs) this is Leo Valdez and the quest for Buford. As always, I have my points to focus on. So today we've got narrative, foreshadowing, and generally what I thought of it. But to begin, here's the synopsis. When Leo unintentionally creates a bomb, a new trio must go in search of a magic table named Buford to stop it in time. With evil Dionysus fangirls causing problems, the heroes must work together to stop them and save the camp from Leo's mistake before it's too late. That rhymed! Oh my god! Save the camp from Leo's mistake before it's too late. (laughs) It's a half rhyme, but it fucking counts. Oh my god, that was impressively unintentional. Very pleased with this. Um, but yeah. (laughs) Um... Sorry, uh, <laughs> let's get into it with the overview. So this is the overview for Leo Valdez and the Quest for Buford. Chaos has once again reached Camp Half-Blood and their names are Leo and Buford, apparently. While at Bunker 9, Leo tells his friends how if they don't find his creation named Buford, there will be literal explosions in their stead. 
As he was creating offensive weapons for the Argo 2, he offended the table. And now the one thing that'll stop the chemicals mixing together and exploding is gone. With the help of Piper and Jason, they go in search of the work table. A little casual racism aside, they receive a warning from a water spirit about some very dangerous cousins, who just happen to be in the direction of Buford. When they find Buford, they also happen to find the evil cousins, who happen to be followers of Dionysus, making them just a little, little bit not all there. They are the Maenads, and the Maenads have found them. Thinking on his feet, Leo pretends to be Dionysus, but he's not exactly skilled at acting godly. Found out too soon, it's time to run for their lives. Getting back to Bunker 9, Leo enacts a trap and plan worthy of Hephaestus with the help of Piper. The two work together and trap their enemy. With the Maynads in custody and Buford returned, the camp is finally at peace and the work on Argo 2 can resume. Happy holidays, everyone. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the overview. Quite a lot of stuff happens with this. Um, but as always, I have some feedback. Not always the most positive, because again, it's relating to the lost hero, but you know. I just want to say, when did Piper and Jason get together? I literally just finished reading The Lost Hero. And, um, yeah, they were not together as a couple at the end of The Lost Hero. It ends with them, you know, at the war table. But now, I know it's been like a couple of months, but, you know, I... <laughs> Develop the relationship, Rick. Don't just put them together off screen and have everything be bygones. No, but what's the phrase? Oh, yeah, let bygones... Well, I don't think that works in this context, actually. But, like... Don't develop a relationship off screen for us to then be involved with it and be invested in it. Because like when it gets to Mark of Athena when we see them again, again, already an established relationship. You've seen none of the development of this relationship. They shouldn't have been together at this point, and they should have been together in Mark of Athena. They should be working up towards it because again, Piper has fake memories of who Pi of who Jason is, and Jason doesn't know who he is still. Um it's just, yeah, I'd rather he hadn't put them together, but, you know, it's the same case in Mark of Athena, so I can't really say anything. I can complain about it, but I can't change anything about it. Um, just try and, just try and develop your relationships a little bit better, please, Rick. Um, I will say, one thing that I do find quite positive about this is that we get a bit more description of what Bunker 9 looks like. Like, it's really, it's a really, really interesting place, like, Disney, when we get to Heroes of Olympus in terms of adaption, Bunker 9 should be one of your rides at Disneyland. I'm just saying, because it sounds dope. One thing that I'm confused about though is, so Leo says that Piper and Jason aren't comfortable in Bunker 9. I thought it was going to be something interesting that is like the reason why they're not comfortable is because, you know, it was created for war. And, you know, not everyone is comfortable with the idea of war. But literally, their reason for not being comfortable is because it's a workshop. Who's not comfortable in a workshop? That makes no sense whatsoever. I don't like doing handiwork, and, you know, I, I don't mind being in, like, a, it'd be like going to a hardware shop. 
like here in the they'd be going to home base here in in the uk i'm not like it's boring but like i don't feel uncomfortable or, or like being there or out of place maybe, maybe that's because i'm a lesbian i don't know it just makes sense for a lesbian to be in <laughs> in somewhere with like tools and stuff but i don't know it just felt like a really really weird inclusion to be like yeah they're uncomfortable because it's a workshop it's just it's just a really weird choice of words um speaking of leo though kind of forgot about the casual racism um that leo has towards piper in this short story it took me by surprise so much so he assumes so they're trying to track buford and jason makes a mention of like oh i think this is like a table track and then leo says oh maybe a raccoon and uh jason once goes with no legs or no feet or whatever it is um to which leo tells let me see if i can get the quote because it took me by surprise because it's <laughs> dude what what what's with the racism here mate okay um with no toes piper what do you think she sighed just because i'm native american doesn't mean i can track furniture through the wilderness she deepened her voice yes i don't know what that word is camel sabe a three-legged table passed this way an hour ago heck i don't know okay geez leo said and this is where it gets worse piper was half cherokee half greek goddess someday it was hard to tell which side of the family she was more sensitive about sensitive about mate you've just been fucking racist like you've just been racist to her of course she's gonna be upset about that you've just been racist to your friend like what the actual fuck rick sort yourself out <laughs> sort yourself out that this is why i'm just like yeah. either don't address this is the whole thing because also rick has addressed quote unquote uh you know the racist connotations of having piper as native american and his not not great portrayal of piper as a native american character um in the worst way possible in that he got defensive and angry um either either don't address it or recognize that people are unhappy and make note that you'll do better because like if i can pick this up and i'm whiter than the sun like i just who I, I just don't get how he thought having someone being racist to piper was a good idea and then have it make it seem like piper was being unreasonable in her reaction to leo's casual racism like what was this decision i'm also getting this may just also be like a further reaction for me to to leo because um i'm just i'm getting so tired of just how hyper focused leo continues to be on the idea of romantic relationships and his objectification of women like he talks about how he'd normally be so happy about being surrounded by hot girls when the main ads are you know about to attack them and how he's sad that you know he hasn't had time to use his connection with piper to get close to the aphrodite daughters i'm sorry leo is the sort of person who would catcall women in the street and would 100% be the sort of man i would want to punch in the face anytime he was near me who talks about using their friend 
to their advantage to get closer to women. What the fuck? Rick, stop it, please. We need more women and people of colour on the Disney writing team. I swear to God, because there are so many issues with this series. I swear. Uh, love the books, love the series, love the concept. Don't love a lot of the decisions. <sighs> well, let's get on to the main points <laughs> for this section. Oh, God. Now, let's start with narrative. Now, I'll be honest. <laughs> when I heard the title, Leo and the Quest for Buford, I thought this story would actually be more about Buford. This story is nothing about Buford. It's all about finding him. Or even, like, the main thing I thought this book was actually, well, short story was going to be, was actually how Buford came to be. Because Buford is kind of, he's not, like, important, important, but he's useful and an interesting character to include on the Argo 2 when he gets to Mark of Athena. But we have no idea fully how he came to be, we don't understand his connection to Leo, all these sort of things. Like, seeing as his relevance and introduction in Mark of Athena is important, just as a whole, it would have been good to have more of an idea about, like, how Buford was made, what he could do, his connection to Leo, and then just have some more chaos after that. Like, something goes wrong with Buford, like, when Leo is... It's sort of like what happens with Festus. Like, Leo is tweaking something and Buford goes, like, chaotic. Like, this was a different route than I expected completely, because it ended up not being about Buford at all, <laughs> and was more about mess Leo messing up with the Argo too, initially and then going to find Buford to stop it from blowing up. Like, it's not really about Buford and Leo at all, it's about them separately, and then not really much about Buford. It, it just would have been a really great story to show more of Leo's expertise in manufacturing and creating by having him create. Because the whole thing is also, he didn't create Buford, he just found him. It would have been really cool to have it that Leo actually created Buford. And, like, have a connection to him sort of, like, the same way that he does have about Festus. I know, the story was kind of a little bit disappointing in that regards. And, admittedly, that's my own fault because I went in with my own expectations based on the title. But the fact that the title just doesn't make sense for what happens in the story is just, you know, it just kind of shows. But you go into foreshadowing now. Now, I admit, there isn't really much here because I put foreshadowing because I thought there would be more more things foreshadowed because this is this has a connective thread because it mentions Buford because I remember reading Mark of Athena being like who the hell is Buford I don't remember Buford because <laughs> um, and this is the thing so it's the same as like Ippetus. Um there's like a short story where it's Talia, Nico and Percy meeting Ippetus. Um and then we meet him again in House of Hades I think it is yeah House of Hades um but you wouldn't know who he is and the connection Percy has to him if you hadn't read that short story. This is one of those cases, but this doesn't really fill in any of the blanks about Buford, which is really disappointing. Like, the, the only thing that I think has a foreshadowing element in this is that we're, sh we're shown more of, like, the skill and competence of this new trio's dynamic with each other when it comes to fighting. Like, they're working much better together as a group, which is something that is important in the later stories of Heroes of Olympus. Um, but other than that, that's kind of it. Like, another foreshadowing, I will say, actually, is just how intense the creation of the Argo 2 is, and, like, its importance, and, like, 
the significance of what Leo is doing to both him and to the story, um, which makes later events all the more sort of frustrating for him because some of the things that happen to the Argo 2 hurt him personally. So seeing a bit more of his connection to the Argo 2 works for that. But also we don't see much of his interaction with the Argo 2. We don't see much of his interaction with Buford. It's really more about the trio and just building more of their relationship. Because again, they weren't friends. Apparently they are now. Still haven't seen any of that development, but you know. Just kind of as a whole, this short story is actually really disappointing. I expected a lot more from it of like actual development, actual significance in like letting us know who this character of Buford actually is. Because he becomes a character. At this point, he's just a table who walked off because he got his feelings hurt. That's all we know about Buford. Oh no. It's, kind of, it's just kind of disappointing. I expected a little bit more from the story, but uh. No, yeah, I guess that's, that's kind of it. Um, so, to get into the main thing that you guys are obviously looking forward to, and that is this week's question of the episode. So, the question is. What did you think of the Leo and the Quest for Buford short story? Did you enjoy it? Well, not really. So obviously that's going up on our social media the day after, so tomorrow or Thursday. Um, and I would love to know your thoughts on that because I don't know how to feel about it. So I'd love to know how you guys feel about it. Um, but yeah, that's all we have time for. So thank you all for joining me for this bonus story. Be sure to join me next Wednesday as we continue our reverse journey with the official start of the Kane Chronicles. To plug where you can find our podcast, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audioboo, Stitcher, Deezer, and basically wherever you listen to your podcasts. In the meantime, between episodes, you can find the Best Time Camp on various social media at Best Time Camp on Instagram and Twitter. No, our best damn camp pod on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to email me with your thoughts, you can email thebestdamncamp at hotmail.com. And if you want to support me more, you can become a podcast patron over at patreon.com slash a healthy dose of Fran, which is linked in the episode show notes for things like early access and other exclusive perks for all the podcasts I am working on. Want more Percy Jackson content? Check me out on YouTube at a healthy dose of Fran. Or if you want to support my own writing with my books, the first of which is coming out in April of 2022, you can drop me a follow at a dose of Fran on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok. Again, thank you guys for tuning in. As always, I've been Fran, your very hunter. I'll see, I speak to you guys next time. Bye.